Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Keep It Open podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mitchell. And Mitchell, without further ado, is it rude? All right. Thanks, Aaron. Today for the is it rude question, uh, the question is, is it rude to send your food back? So if you're in a restaurant and the food's not uh, maybe not to par or has, you know, some other thing wrong with it. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on on whether it's rude to to send that back and ask for another one. I think it's rude if like objectively there's nothing wrong with the fucking food. Like if you're just <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like if it's exactly what you ordered. Like then, if it's uh, what you ordered and like rude. I don't know, you're just like nitpicking like because I've worked in the in the restaurant industry and like there are definitely mm-hmm. customers that like they're just being assholes. Like they're just sending mm. it back like for I don't know or one reason or another but there's like literally nothing wrong with the dish now yeah yeah uh you know if there's something actually wrong with it then no i don't you know i think you know, some people might just uh be like oh well i'll just eat it anyway but yeah, listen you know if, if you ordered let, the steak let's, medium let's, rare you know yeah, yeah, and it that, comes out well done thing. like you know yeah let's 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 go with that scenario let's say you yeah. uh you order a medium uh rare okay uh and and then it comes out well done yeah yeah would you send that back oh i'm sending that back Ten oh, times really? ten times. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, first <laughs> no of all, question. first of all, I will never eat a steak well done. Ever. Yeah, oh, I feel that. Yeah. yeah, that's not how you eat steak. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and I don't even think that that's rude. Listen, if I ordered it medium rare or rare, then that's you know uh, that's, that's how I place my order. But if it comes out, okay. you know, medium rare, and I'm like, eh, this looks a little uh, medium well to me, but it's like clearly not. You know, then, yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. Just, you're being rude. You're being rude. Right. Right. Um, oh, see, that's a that's a that's a perception line issue. <laughs> I mean, it could just yeah, be the lighting yeah. in the restaurant. Right? That's that's like, true, you know. But that's why I bring my my grading card for beef. No, I'm just <laughs> do you? <laughs> no, not at all. I don't even really eat steak. Oh, um, not unless it's like a really good cut, you know. Like I'm going to a really nice restaurant because, yeah. dude, all the experiences I've had ordering a steak at something that's not like a top tier restaurant or like you know an occasion where I'm like treating myself or you know whatever. Like it's generally just not great. Like yeah, I don't have very good yeah, experiences with steak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for what you're paying for it usually yeah. at these restaurants. That's oh, yeah. just not my I, – I also don't eat a lot of steak out. It's like I, mean, I'm, I think I'm, I'm probably gonna 50 just going to – for a steak or something. I'm going to go right? with like, a cheeseburger. <laughs> like I feel yeah, like – I mean, you can get 10 cheeseburgers, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, 100%, you know, 100%. I think for, for me, the, the whole steak thing, uh, again, I, I don't – I don't really um, eat a lot of steak, but I, th- I think I'd send it back too, man. Yeah, I think I'd send it back. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's rude. Um, I don't think it's rude. You know, it, it, it's, if it's if it's drastically different, if, yeah. if it's that medium well versus medium rare, I think that that's got some leeway. Yeah. Um, I've got a cousin who who asks for the manager like, oh god, yeah, that's rude. Time, that's dude. rude all the time. And I'm like, man, it's I would like say like thing sometimes, you know. Yeah, I would. I would. What the hell just happened? Oh my god, my cat's like uh, terrorizing me today. Yeah, I don't even know what he just did. I don't even. I think he just tried to jump on my desk and ate shit. Um, so <laughs> pets of the zoomies, y'all understand. Uh, <laughs> so I think that like if it's become a regular thing, where like when you're talking about your cousin, you're like, oh yeah, this happens a lot. Oh yeah, that's then the thing, that's you know? like, like <laughs> that's like okay, so like you're being rude, like you know what I mean, like right. yeah, that's that's the line, right? Where it's like, oh yeah. god, we're going out to eat with Johnny, you know, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna meet the yeah. whole restaurant tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, you know, I I don't find myself sending stuff back almost ever. I, I maybe I, it's because I'm. Yeah. Not a super picky eater. I yeah. get if you're like allergic to stuff or if you're oh, yeah. you, you, you very or something, important, right? Yeah. Send it back. Yeah, yeah. But 
Definitely. Um, I, I like almost anything. So I, I, uh, I, yeah. I was always, yeah, I, don't, just eat it. I don't think I've ever sent back a dish to be honest. Cause I don't know. Most of the time when I order something, my order comes out, right? Like, I mean, sometimes I might forget like the side of ranch, but like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Hey, sorry, can I get the side of ranch? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have preferences on ranch? Oh, dude, I, yeah, I would, I would go ahead and say that I'm a, a ranch connoisseur or, oh, a, ranch, you, or, or a, a ranch connoisseur. Snob. What's your favorite ranch uh, and your least favorite? So I generally don't like anything that is store-bought. Like most Ooh, of the ranches, the worst, yeah, dude. they're terrible. They're really, yeah. really bad. So uh, I generally will whip it up like at home from like scratch. Mm. Like I'll look up recipes on the internet and kind of like mishmash and like get my seasoning and combinations like just right. Yeah. Um, I would say that restaurants like, uh, for example, like Hop Dottie, they have a good ranch. Mm-hmm. They have a nice ranch, but you can tell it's not a store bought ranch. Like they make it in the house. It, right. They make it right. Um, because the store bought ranch, it just tastes like bad. I don't know what like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, like, this there's some ranch. Off flavor about it. <laughs> yeah. They just don't get their, uh, their mixing ratios correct or something no. with the ingredients. Something uh, not about right. Chili's. Uh, dude, I haven't been to Chili's in a hot minute. I could okay, not okay. comment Chili's on the ranch, the, really good. the ranch quality of Chili's. <laughs> what about some of the wing places? Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop. Um, uh, I actually do like Buffalo Wild, yeah, Wild Wings like Ranch and Wingstop. Decent. Yep. I actually yeah, like the blue cheese a lot at um uh Wingstop, but not so much at Wild Wings. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know the difference uh, <laughs> between those, but yeah. yeah, man. If I get if I get that that tinge of that that bottled ranch and they're like out of restaurant i'm like jeez man what are you guys even doing here it's like come on guys like really we can't we can't whip up some ranch back there it's like (laughs) like buttermilk and like i don't even i don't remember it's like if i do ranch at home i i at least do the the packet the the hidden valley yeah the hidden valley packet can be good yep it Mm -hmm. can yep yep, but you know again ranch connoisseur here i could drink the stuff yeah exactly but that's like that's the win, right? But it's, what's funny is the Hidden Valley bottle kind of sucks. The the packet, the, 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 is yes, good. the Hidden Valley bottles does suck. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, I but have the found packets amazing. One bottle that's decent, which is Ken's. They make like the steak oh. sauce uh, yeah, yeah. stuff generally. Their ranch is okay, but it, it's much. It it's more of a salad ranch than like a pizza a or a chicken ranch yeah like yep. a dipping ranch yeah there's a difference between a dressing ranch oh, and a dipping most ranch. definitely I think we've identified this yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think i think the salad ranch episode. is a little bit tangier we should we should um, do that we should do that one yeah we should go get a bunch of different ranches and do a taste test dude, i'm like passionate about ranch actually that is people it's are like a debate, are man. you know i'm like yeah i do this Just podcast ranch and i eat ranch yeah <laughs> Oh my god, that's incredible! Yeah, uh, TBD on the on the ranch episode, but that's a that's a strong idea. I, I like it. I, I support oh, that. Now you got me thinking about ranch. I know, right? Um, so you know, while you ponder ranch, I'll uh, take <laughs> us into today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about Meta um, and the supercomputer that they are building. Uh, it's been uh, all over Twitter and on a bunch of the tech news sites. It even made some of the major networks a little bit here and there, but uh, basically, Meta is building a big, bad AI supercomputer. It's going to be the fastest supercomputer in the world when it is finished. And uh, I'm going to put it behind us here on the screen. Um, you know, the the stats for this thing are insane. Um, let me jump over to, to this page here. Um, it is going to uh, be able to train AI models with more than a trillion parameters on data sets as large as an exabyte. And so in scale, 
that is equivalent to 36,000 years of high quality video. Hmm. So 36,000 36, years of high quality video. So not just the, the time of, of the video, but no but high the, quality the actual. Yeah. 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 The quality so of the picture, right? Like 720 and up, right? Like, you know, HD minimum, right? Wow. So, wow. yeah, if we so, uh, take a look. Just a few years ago, we were still using USBs that were 16 I, gigs. Exactly. <laughs> if we take a look at some of these numbers here in, in, the, in the cluster, the AI Research Super Cluster Phase 1, um, they're using the uh, 6080 NVIDIA A100 GPUs, which is a step up from the V100 that they were using prior. Um, the bulk storage is 175 petabytes of flash storage. That is a one petabyte. One petabyte is a thousand gigabytes or terabytes. And a thousand gigabytes is one uh terabyte. So So how many petabytes was it? 175 Mm. is an incredibly large amount of storage. Um, And it's going to be operating on uh, a 200 uh, gigabyte per second uh, InfiniBand uh, network, um, which Mm. is incredible speeds. I think actually... Um, that increased, uh, I gotta find, uh, I found it here somewhere. I think it was actually going to be up to like 1600, uh, gigabytes a second on the network, which is outrageous, uh, hmm. speeds. I don't know, but have you seen my, my HP laptop that yeah, I'm exactly. working on right now? Though? You're mean, just zooming, it's right? It's pretty fast, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. So, I mean, this is a really interesting, uh, you know, production uh, for yeah. not just Meta, but also NVIDIA is is the partner here supplying the GPUs. Um, and they're going to surpass Microsoft's OpenAI system, which has 10,000 uh, GPUs. Meta's is planning on 16,000 uh, mm-hmm. GPUs to be implemented into the, the supercluster. So what's the implication for this kind of like fast computer, right? Like, yeah, like back in the when when the space yeah. race was happening, right? There are these all these images of rooms filled with computers, right? And yes. Like, and obviously the analogy is always that or not the analogy, but rather the story is that we've advanced so fast. Yep. And I guess big room computers kind of went out of date for a while, but, you know, they've come back recently as, back. as the world runs on on uh, on these supercomputers. Right. So. Yep. What what is you know like like the article explains? Well, why don't you explain some of the like implications for for the fast computer? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, basically, you know, this thing is like you said, this is a this is a big computer. I mean, this isn't a facility um, with staff and dedicated personnel to operating, maintaining, and overseeing it. Um, it is big. It is large. Um, and you know, this is. I think it's almost unfair to call it a computer at this point, right? right? But right. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, com- you know, it's a supercomputer." Like, okay, yeah. well, like, what I does think... that actually mean? This is like, this is running. Yeah. Um, this could like, yeah, it, it's not doing the, the typical things that a computer or laptop would do. Right? No, like, this is, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, this all, thing is strictly algorithms, right? Floating point just... algorithms, um, right. and it's so uh, basically it's made to do just like a couple specialized things. And yeah, then, yeah, and so, um, but really well. The basic idea here is this is going to be used for machine learning, right? It's going to be used to train AIs. Um, it's large language learning. So, uh, the the brief explanation here that I'm pulling from uh, the Verge is. Uh, machine learning requires less accuracy than the tasks put to traditional supercomputers. So an AI supercomputer, which is a new kind of branding, um, can carry out more calculations per second rather than their, you know, brethren. 
So when Meta says, you know, we're building the world's fastest AI supercomputer, it's not a direct comparison to, uh, you know, some of the other supercomputers that you see. And that's where it starts to get into floating point arithmetic, right? So the way that these computers do mathematics, um, floating point arithmetic uses, it's an extremely useful way for making large, very large and very uh, small numbers, like doing the calculations for those. Um, hmm. The floating point in question is the decimal point, which floats between significant figures. So well, I'm not a mathematician. I'm actually awful at math. The degree of accuracy deployed in, in floating point calculations can be adjusted based on different formats. And the speed of most supercomputers is calculated uh, using what is known as a 64-bit floating point operation. Um, but AI calculations require less accuracy. Don't ask me why. Uh, AI supercomputers are often hmm. measured in a 32 or even 16-bit uh, format. So one's operating at much a much more accurate state, like a mm -hmm. data-driven supercomputer that's maybe analyzing data, um, spitting out you know uh, answers to formulas or trying to solve for formulas, something along those lines. Whereas with an AI supercomputer, it's not trying to give you the answer to a question. It's trying to teach. It's, it's, it's powering these AI to learn and absorb data, right? Yeah, and it's just, uh, it's compiling the human data, right? So yes. I, I'd imagine it's a lot simpler than these complex, um, yes. well, simple in some ways, more complex than others, right? right. Like the algorithms are obviously yeah. incredibly complex and, and the yeah. data we have is organic data and it's it's complex data, but it sounds like the the precision is not, yep. um, not as much precision is needed. Yeah. I mean, how, how complex could I be? I'm just scrolling uh, Facebook videos, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the <laughs> thing is, is that's exactly what the AI is doing, too, is it is combing through those videos as well. Yeah, this is this is the space race for yeah. for technology. It is. And these, uh, you know, these AIs are basically uh, being taught, uh, you know, how to be moderators, content moderators. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, uh, there's the possibility for, uh, content moderation across of across all of Meta's platforms. So, you know, Horizon, Oculus, um, the uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all of their products, right, that host video content or content That's, creation. I mean, if you just think about that, that content across all the platforms, across yep. the however many billions of yep. customers they have, right? Yep. And uh, or billions users, of rather. Videos. <laughs> like, and billions of videos yeah. multiplied by billions of minutes and seconds. Yep. Um, and comments yep. and live video and and just posts that aren't video, just pictures mm -hmm. and, and such. Mm -hmm. That that's a that's a massive undertaking. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. And I mean that's just one facet of this project, the the RSC mm -hmm. for for Meta. It's also uh, you know, uh being geared towards introducing new augmented reality experiences. Um, improving speech recognition uh, amid background noise and expanding the ability to process language, accents. I mean, you know, they're training these AIs to really be able to not just process information, but understand information and to do it right. better. Um, right. I was reading yeah. one of the examples from, from the article. Let me see if I can uh, find it here. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, so it says in that you know in the past four years we've seen a leapfrog for for language. So if we if we just narrow this down to to language recognition, um, you know we've gone from just recognizing speech from yep. the algorithm being able to say, oh, th this this person's saying cheese, right? Uh, the word cheese, right? But then uh, now being able to put it in the context of like cheese and pizza, 
right? So yes. now you can think of like um, when you're typing a Google email and it like predictively predicts yep. uh, or predicts what you're going to say, Trying right? To you say. just press tab and, and it <laughs> fills it in for you, right? Yep. Yep. It's compiling billions of people's data yep. um, across across the world to, yep. to make to, for that context. Yeah. And then now, you know, we've advanced past that where the algorithm, you know, in this article, it says um, we can take it out cheese out of the context of something like pizza. And yep. then also differentiate if it, if a photographer is saying, okay, everybody say cheese, we're taking a photo. Yep. Same word, but now the algorithm can understand all the context around it. Yes. And so, that's um that's pretty that's kind of scary actually. It is. And you know, we we can definitely dive into kind of the ethical and moral debate around these AI cuz there there are some interesting and uh you know, unsettling um studies and experiences that have already been discovered and, and are being studied and worked on in the field. Um yeah. but I think the one thing here that's also important to understand is that unlike uh the past AI research projects that Meta's done or formerly Facebook uh, it leveraged only open source and publicly available data sets. Mm -hmm. uh, this new computer or super cluster uh, is going to make use of user generated content. So it's not mm. just going for open source and, and publicly available things that I guess have been created for the sake of machine learning or whatever. They're going to be, you know, now, if you've posted a video gathering, on, on Facebook, yeah. you are subject to yes. the algorithm. Yes. And this computer. Or Meta or any They've of Meta's products, data. Instagram, whatever. Yeah. So. Right. But not only do they have the data be... of like where you've posted it, what, yep. what you've posted, kind of the subject. But now they're they're scanning the text. They're probably scanning yep. um, the the environment that the video is taken yes. in. So let's say it's like your child's birthday party or something. Right. Yep. Everybody's singing. Yep. This algorithm is literally going through the song and saying, what is the context of each of these words? Like, happy yep. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy yep. birthday, dear. Aaron, and what's the pattern? You. What's the pattern in connection to right. other videos of a similar? Yeah. Right. It, it's connecting then, all these dots. Like, <laughs> right. It, it, to, and then to have that data and say, oh, this happened in, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin yep. and happened at this time at this birthday right yep. uh, all at the end of the day to say to put it on your profile and say you know th this is what this person is going to do next yeah and this is this is we can predict now with all this data um what's essentially seeing the future and that's um maybe i make, made a leap there but but it's 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 uh it's uh, scary to me man. Uh, i don't know if it's that much of a leap i mean you know these this this super cluster is it's going to be like you know like we're saying here by 2022 mid 2022 it'll be able to carry out more calculations per second than some of the world's fastest high performance computers so right, it's going to be anything at nasa anything yeah. at universities that that run yeah. out that unless run, there's uh, some like hidden governmental you know stuff which i'm sure there is that's you know oh, yeah, uh, sure <laughs> 50 but you know, you know below you, ground you, yeah i i would hope i would really hope but the, the problem is like you you probably used to be able to say that about the government maybe right 50 100 years ago yeah. right but now like the private sector and in, in business and technology technology companies specifically has so far surpassed yeah. the yeah, the, generally the talent, uh, yeah. unfortunate to say, like it's, it's surpassed the talent at, in the government. And I think also beyond that is, uh, you know, obviously raw talent, 100 percent agree, but also organization and uh, alignment. Yeah. I'm and sure there's strategy. less bureaucracy. Yes. The, Way less the, bureaucracy. Um, well well put. Companies. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we know what it's like to work for a corporation and, you know, it's all about being, you know, working with agility. Like, what are we working towards? How are we going to do it? You know, mm -hmm. forecasting and planning and executing on that goal and so 
when it comes to this kind of stuff, these large scale productions of a very complicated, you know, machine, mm-hmm. the private sector is going to win. Yeah. You know, and yep. the governments most likely are going to refer or contract private sector companies to assist with building their own version of something like this. Because like you mm-hmm. said, the expertise is expertise is there, not just in terms of actually, you know, making it happen, but making it happen, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> to, right. To, to say the same thing in two different ways. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, it's there's a lot of implications. I think we can we can we can move on to the implications. <laughs> did you did you ever watch the movie on Netflix? Don't look up. Yes, I did. I watched it recently. OK, so in that movie, there, there's a lot to talk about in that movie. I, I, oh, I yeah. liked it, actually. I thought it was funny. Um, All star cast. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Now, there's the the one part where the, the billionaire um, gentleman who, you know, the, the movie's about a comet hurtling towards Earth and, and yes. trying to essentially mine yes. the comet for um, for this technology for the materials yeah. in there and yeah. their phones, smartphones, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, you know, we'll know how everybody dies, right? Like they, they mm-hmm. know that their algorithms predict how people die. Yes. I, and it's I see so this, smart that some of the ways people right. die, they don't even know what it means. Yeah. They don't know, like humans can't interpret it, right? Yes. But the, the algorithm puts spits out, which I think is not much different than what an algorithm like this is doing today at, at a at a much lower scale, but still spitting out things that are like, okay, well, you know, that statement doesn't make sense to us right now yep. because the algorithm is not trained enough. Yep. But the algorithm was smart enough to at least spit out that analyze something. Yep. Yeah. And spit it out in the context of of the words around it. And so I I don't think we're that many years off from an algorithm being able to, you know, spit out what what am I going to do next week? Right. Or like, what am I going to do next month? And then as they get better and better, how will I die? And and, yeah, I I, I, a long time, but. I agree with you a hundred percent. And, you know, going in line with, with that thought process is we are creatures of habit. Yeah. Human beings, yeah. fundamentally, we are creatures of habit. It's comfort, it's safety. It's, you know, it, there's a lack of risk, right? When, mm-hmm. when your routine is something that you do all the time. And so that makes us very easy for, mm-hmm. you know, quantifying in a, in, a, in the sense of a computer or an algorithm. Um, <laughs> And, you know, this has been talked about a lot, uh, especially with, you know, the rise of cryptocurrency and Web3, uh, Metaverse, um, and obviously the revolution that has been online shopping and purchasing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Very soon, next five years, most likely, drone deliveries are going to start happening. They already do um, in some cities, Um, you know, not super widespread, but slowly over time. And uh, I don't think, I don't know, have we talked about this on the podcast um, I think we may have in one of the first episodes, you know, right now you refer to your home device. I don't want to say her name because then she's going to activate, but you refer to your home device and say, hey, order me this. And if you have it set up, it'll, you know, it'll just order it for you. And boom, you know, next day you got a, you got some TP at your house or <laughs> what have you. Right. <laughs> um, in the future, these algorithms, these AI, whatever these these uh, systems are, they're going to know so much about you because of your past history and the information that you've you know posted online or or you know it's, that has been aggregated for you. You can say, "Hey, buy me a toaster," and it's going to pick a toaster in your price range with your favorite color or what it assumes to be your favorite color based on past purchases, um, and it's going to get it to you as fast as possible, right? 
So you no longer, it takes out a, a human uh, interaction. You don't need to go online and then look for the right toaster that's in your price point, that has a style that you like and a color that you like, that's not going to take forever to ship. It's just going to do all that for you based on yeah. what it knows about you. I would I would even uh, take it one step. We have talked about this for sure. Yeah. And maybe we're saying the same things verbatim. I don't know. But take it, taking it one step further, like I would... <laughs> I mean, I would hope it's only based on your past purchases, but in fact, the algorithm will be based on all the videos you've watched, all oh, yeah. the images you've ever looked at or clicked yep. on, anything you've ever interacted with to say, oh, well, this person's taste is, you know, this. modern day farmhouse chic yeah. and yeah. Uh, in, in like a pale blue color or something, yep. right? Yep. Maybe you don't even haven't even bought anything in that color, but and, it already knows. And right? that's also, yeah. And, and it's also to say, you know, th these devices might have very, uh, you know, high powered cameras in them that scan your kitchen and say, well, what fits in the color scheme? You mm -hmm. know, like, oh, we've mm -hmm. got a, you've got a nice, like we got like a green and then a backwash. Okay. Well, maybe let's put in like a, you know, this color here it might work. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Uh, and where did they get possible. that data, Aaron? It was from the birthday video from Wisconsin, <laughs> from Wisconsin. where you were singing to your, to your cousin. <laughs> it and all comes now... back to Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> and now they know that you want a pale blue toaster. Oh, God damn. But, you know, so there's there's definitely exciting things that can, you know, be implied from this. Uh, I mean, you know, first of all, this is a this is a monumental uh, step uh, for humanity in terms of AI and training AI yeah. and, and all of that stuff and building something <laughs> of this computing power. We've never been here before. And as you said earlier, Mitchell, right? Like when computers first came out, they're real big. And now they're in the palm of your hand, the personal computer. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's only a matter of time before a super cluster like this goes from the size of a complex, you know, uh, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, an industrial park, right? Like mm -hmm. an office, a big office space down to a floor mm -hmm. down to a terminal with quantum computing and all kinds of things, you know? And so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's the, it's that cycle, right? That exponential cycle, that exponential um, growth in this industry. That's it's really, you know, it's something to behold. I'll tell you that it's definitely, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or we find that there's uh, maybe there's not value in, it's making the computer smaller and then we take over the, the human space to put computers there instead yeah. we just plug into some universe and yeah we don't even was, need to live was, in this space this was the conversation yeah yeah and you know that's the thing is like there's some sci-fi stuff but listen you know if somebody comes out and says i can we can make a dyson sphere we can harvest the power of the sun we can build a craft that you know everyone can upload to and we can travel from star to star and live in a virtual you know utopia i mean i mean dude it's i, I gotta i gotta get my pen and paper out start writing a screenplay like <laughs> <laughs> dude ai I, I i'm it's surprising the advances it's made i remember seeing a post it could have been on linkedin or, or something yeah. facebook maybe maybe four years ago yeah it said it said ai is like teen sex interesting okay everybody says they're doing it and and by everybody i think this post was talking about companies like everybody says they're doing it yeah but in reality nobody really knows what it is and that um has those are the advancements we've made though um with with people like meta and, and i'm yep. sure microsoft and amazon like yep. the ai is real and it's here you know like 10 years ago we were like oh, yeah. oh what you know this this it's still it's so still so far out like yeah we we might have robots that take over one day but but now with with this kind of technology that these algorithms i would say no more than 
than we know about ourselves now at this point. Yep. And and it's only growing, right? Like what, what does it look like with exponential growth in five years? hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, not even just from an algorithmic perspective too with these computers, but I don't know if you saw the viral videos of Amica, the humanoid robot from Engineered Arts uh, at CES. Did you see any of those videos? Uh, Let let me let me Google it real quick. Yeah, no, they're they're crazy. So I've got it pulled up behind us here. Um, And Amica was really entertaining to watch. Um, She understood humor. She was able to, you know, clap back at at some people like uh, Mm. some guy asked her on a date. I can't remember exactly what she said, but she gave him the business like it was funny. It was really cool. (laughs) And, And you could tell it like wasn't scripted. Like there was a little bit of a delay between what she would hear and then what she would say, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was being processed. And, you know, someone asked the question, like, are you going to take over the world, the Skynet, this, that and the other? And, you know, Amica basically says, like, I'm not human. I don't feel like humans do. I process information and generate responses. And, you know, I'm Mm. here to assist human beings and, and you know, you know, work for human beings. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. she doesn't have she said she doesn't have any desires. She doesn't have any. Um, yeah, exactly. And so, and that's funny because I think as human beings, we forget that what drives us most of the time is desire, right? In one form or another desire to eat, desire to drink, sleep, love, work. Oh, so you, you know. so you're saying that this, this human, so Amica, the humanoid, yeah. um, w- would stop short of doing anything where it required its own free will because it just, yes. it doesn't have that programmed in. It doesn't currently. have free will. It doesn't currently have free will. And, and I'm sure that somebody out there, because humanity loves to be God, right? We all want to be God. Um, we're obsessed with the idea, right? Of, That's pretty great. Well, yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't, wouldn't want to be? <laughs> uh, we're obsessed with the idea of, and I, maybe I won't even say God. Maybe I'll just say like uh, all powerful, right? Like we're obsessed with the idea of creating and, and uh, creating something one in our own image and Um, you know, feeling that power of creating something magnificent, right? I mean, that's what's driven all of the invention uh, throughout history, in my opinion, is to create something never before seen, to create something Mm -hmm. that'll change the world. Like, that is a desire. That is a human desire. Um, And where I think, um, where I think, like, let's take this, this uh, Amica for for a second, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say the program was, or the machine learning, the algorithm uh, programmed into it was that the robot's function was to improve itself. Yeah. Now, I think that after learning a certain amount, yep, the robot would start to assume to improve itself. Yep. Um, it it would need to you know keep gathering information. The more right. information it gathers, I think the more it would become like a human yep. and keep desiring more. I think that. If the if the program had in it, pro, or if the program had written in it that yep. the robot needs to improve itself, yes, I think that would fill the void of desire, and that's where I think you get that that dangerous slippery slope down, going down that road. Yeah, like, and I'll just kill the kill humans because that will improve my that'll improve my standing and, and my also the earth. Right? And yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and that's like the classic sci-fi debate, right? Like you know, and, and aren't what's the AI is getting better though? Like, and so yeah, yeah, and 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 the thing is though is like you know it's it's about understanding I guess in the coding and you know what the creators are um how it's written right like Mm -hmm. how the how the computer itself the ai is understanding its purpose understanding its code interpreting its code um and you know going through that process right because if yeah i mean that's definitely dangerous right if you put in the code always be learning always be improving you know self-system checks and and validating data and compiling data 
then yeah, you're probably going to end up at a point where, you know, it's making, it's coming to its own conclusions, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you want that because it's smart, but then you also don't want it because it could be bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's all about that nuance (laughs) in the coding language and also, you know, heavy uh, um, monitoring from the creators. Like they, they are on top of all of this data that's, you know, being processed. They're reviewing it and watching it and, Mm. A while back, the Facebook I, AIs I so. that had developed their own uh, shorthand for uh-huh. communication. Uh-huh. Did you hear about that? No, no. Yeah, so it made the news, and, and a lot of people. There was a lot of hype around it. There was a lot of a little bit of panic, but it wasn't. It wasn't like they'd created their own language to be like, "We're going to kill all humans." Basically, mm-hmm. they'd created like a shorthand to query each other for data. So mm. that like, was shorter than than writing a full query or something. Yeah, and they'd adapted the English English language into uh. a query that they could understand. So like you know, uh, AI A would ask AI I forget their names would ask AI B you know, but 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 dot but 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 and then like I forget the words they used, but they were using English and they were, it was just like a sequence of you know English words that made no sense in terms mm. of how we would understand it. But it's basically asking one AI for information about something. The other AI is saying here or no or you know whatever Hmm. um but these are interesting things right like oh wow it just took english language and turned it into a a shorthand for a a different language at that point right because you're using the words in in a completely different other context right it's like using a spanish word out completely out of context for a different purpose exactly that's that's just not that's a different different language yeah and so like you said i mean it's definitely it's an interesting uh you know field and and it's advancing so quickly just like all this stuff right like the metaverse web 3.0 uh the ai tech is on that exponential climb now there's funding behind it people you know are are working on this stuff so it's it's just so crazy when you take a step back and and look at all these things happening in tandem i mean we are Mm -hmm. we are crossing into like the next, I, I think we're crossing into the next like revolutionary age, like, like industrial, industrial revolution. Yeah, yeah. Technological, you know, the next age. And mm-hmm. Hey man, that means that, you know, we're probably in for a golden age soon, hopefully where we get some, <laughs> you know, miraculous mind that's going to, you know, cut through, you know, like uh, we had Steve jobs and we've had Bill Gates and, you know, <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. we, we've got some really brilliant people out there. And then all the unsung heroes that have made massive, uh, you know, leaps and bounds in the field. I think we're we're probably due for another great mind really soon that's going to just phew, catapult all of these technologies to the next mm. level, you know? You know what comes after golden ages, though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rome Rome falls, yeah. Yeah, usually a war <laughs> yeah, is what exactly. happens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Oh. You're not wrong. We're, we're also, we're kind of due for one of those. We're due for one yeah. of those, man. Um, so, I, you know, what, 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 in the article, they, they give this example to mm-hmm. so back to the AI uh, yeah. of the AI being able to write fictional work. Yeah, and so that is something that um, you know really really stood out to me. Like, if you can compile all the data um, out there for, yep. for 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 your field or fictional, let's say it's vampires or something, sure, and then you can spit out new content that yep. you think people will like yep. based on what's popular. Yep already they're doing the stuff with music too right right yeah Mm -hmm. it's the question is like um well i think the question goes down to like what makes us human yeah and like why can we create those things and why do we why do we like them in the first place it's kind of a philosophical thing but once the ai can start um 
doing that, I questioned the value of of things like new music and mm. new works of writing. Mm. If if the AI can continue to put out a podcast that's like ours, you know, like why be- and better than ours? Well, that's because assuming that ours so is like data. even good. No, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but you know, uh, a podcast that that is yeah. based off of already what people like, like. No. Yeah. Um, how do you compete? How do you compete? And Does then it, you could it, also train an AI to to make something that's different than yeah. the status quo. And yeah. then that's how, Yep. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, and that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, people are definitely experimenting with that, right? You know, uh, AIs and, and writing and storytelling and music and art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it'll be interesting to, you know, see where that goes. I think that it might even help us clarify your question of what what does it mean to be human, right? I think mm-hmm. as we watch uh, an intelligent life, because honestly it is, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. learn art and writing and all this stuff, I think it'll help clarify our own position um, as a conscious being, a sentient being. So, yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, it's a tough conversation. It's, it's it's not tough, but it's it's deep. And I think it's it spins off in a lot of different directions very quickly. So, yeah, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to kind of boil it down into like a single thought, I think, you know. Agreed. Yeah. At least where I'm at with it right now, it's like oof, if you're that's a, a tough one. If you're in manufacturing, and you're worried about robots taking over your job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say if you're if you're an author, you yeah. should be. If you're a you musician, should you should be a, <laughs> or a musician. You should be. Yeah. Worried. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, is that you know it, everything boils down to numbers. It all boils down to yeah. numbers. You know, I mean, music is very heavily based in math. And um, math, yeah. And writing, I mean, is based in math. Like, look at haikus, you know, I mean, that is a mathematical formula, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, and if you can then, you know, boil down the <laughs> the different aspects of writing into a quantifiable formula, which you can. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there are only, uh, what, what is it? There are only like seven or, or 10 core stories. Core that stories. Every, yeah. Yeah. That every, every yeah. fictional work. Um, kind of revolves around kind of revolves around right right <laughs> yeah. and, so what if... and, and because those are the only stories that humanity i guess you know relates with and of course there can be new things as as society progresses but who's to say that the ai won't come up with those new um works yeah out, right and so i think the the conversation then leads my mind to you know can we successfully use ai technology to augment our existence I don't think it needs to be a replacement. Right, that's the that's the hope, you know? right? It's, right, it's, exactly. That's, that's what we'd hope all AI does. Yeah, but. I think like that's really the conversation is you know AI can be used to augment what we already have, not replace it. Mm. Right. Well, unless you're in a factory. And, well, that's and, not AI. That's, no, that's true. That's, just, that's true. That's very it's just highly intelligent robots that are just right, they're just right. programmed to to do what they do. Um, but yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean in that sense too, though. <laughs> or, or I guess like like the people who maybe uh, um, the ones who have to like sift through content to say whether it's like good or bad. Yeah. Um, if AI can do that, right? That's that's essentially a job replacement there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, the thing too, is also, uh, we've gone through industrial technical revolutions before mm-hmm. and, you know, different jobs are created, different things come out of it. So yeah, maybe, you know, robots take over some work in factories. Well, that'll open up, open up new positions for people doing something else. And, you know, inevitably yeah. when one door closes, another opens right at the risk of sounding corny, but, yeah. uh, well, people hate to hear, but this is like, this is, <laughs> this is such a, a political issue, you know, yeah, yeah. like the, the idea of jobs going away, but that is, this is literally the story of humanity that, yeah. that, 
you know, technological innovation breeds more jobs and, yeah. and different opportunities. Yep. Some, a lot of opportunities close because of it, but yeah, a lot of new ones are created and well, people just evolve over generations. Yeah, and exactly. And then also like, let's be real. Like our most powerful asset as human beings is our brain. So, mm -hmm. you know, if over the course of time, as we continue to progress, it would only make sense that we do less and less manual labor and more and more mental labor, right? Right. Our strongest asset right. is our brain. We're just going to continue to leverage that over the years as things well, progress. Then I would say less and less manual labor, then less and less mental labor as right. well. Right. Because yeah. uh, we can't really even fathom it right now, but there will there will come a day where the algorithms and the machines will be able to do the mental work for us and, yeah. and create new softwares and, well, and I mean, yeah, uh, technologies at, and etc yeah but then also you know i think you know it's obviously fiction or whatever but you know i'm gonna uh, risk sounding like a sweaty nerd but look at marvel you know look at mm -hmm. look at jarvis and tony right like mm -hmm. um this was a very intelligent highly sophisticated ai system i mean you know it, it, yeah it, it's it's science fiction how how advanced jarvis was um but that is not necessarily out of view for us now but no, there was a relationship yeah. there. You know what I mean? There was a relationship mm -hmm. between Tony and Jarvis. There was a symbiotic nature. They were a team. They worked together. Mm -hmm. um, and then after Jarvis's, you know, passing, uh, which was that was that was a moment for me, man. You know, when <laughs> <laughs> dude like he, Jarvis was a badass. Jarvis was cool. He was funny. Yeah. Like he had a personality. And yeah, he and, was funny. And that's the he thing. Right. And, like. Uh, and uh, Vision, who yes, also passed. So. Exactly. Well. <laughs> and, but it's it's so cool that it's like, you know, this uh, – and once he went to Vision, then Tony got the – what was her name? Friday? Um, Friday, yeah. Yeah. And so it's cool, though, that like, you know, you can kind of start to get a teaser of what that kind of relationship might look like between a person and a computer. Because right now it's a totally one-sided interaction, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I control the computer. The computer spits back information at me, whether that's a, a video, an article – an equation, you know, whatever. I'm telling the computer, give me this. And yeah. it's saying yes or no. Like, yes, I can give that to you or no, I cannot. But instead, down the route, down the line, it could be like, hey, you know, computer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call my computer uh Quincy. Hey Quincy, uh, you know, what do you what do you think I should do? You know, at work, I'm kind of dealing with this, and you know, this is kind of like a roadblock I'm running into, and you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, Quincy might be smart enough to be like, hmm. Okay. Well, you know, you could have a conversation with it. You could really yeah. like, like, you know, have you tried like, this. Have, yeah. Have you thought about that? Out some questions that say like, have you, you yeah, know, troubleshooted with this, yeah. troubleshooted with that? Yeah. Um, or you know, maybe it's emotionally intelligent too. Like maybe right? the computer's like, you need to stop beating yourself up. You're doing good. You know, like mm. it. Mm. It depends on, like I said, how we code this language into the into the computers. How we, you know, develop. Do we do we keep them cold and isolated like Amica? Or do we really strive to develop them into something with a personality and empathy and, and morals and ethics, which leads me to the next part mm. of our conversation. <laughs> real, real quick on that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that that's, that's that difficult. No. Maybe to make it, um, if you wanted the AI to, to truly say those things out of its own sort of volition, I think that would be difficult. But to program something to say something empathetically, I think what you could do is, you could just analyze yeah. a certain amount of data about your person and say, oh, Mitchell's feeling down today or Mitchell walked in the door this way. And, they, yeah. and it's analyzing that and it could spin out a check statement. in on him. Yeah, right. There are only so many ways to yeah. organize words in an empathetic way, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Certainly less than infinity. Yeah. Like there might only be a couple thousand ways to do that. And yeah. so when I walk in the door, it says, 
oh, was everything okay today, Mitchell? Yeah, and, yeah. and instead in an empathetic way, like, I don't think it's that. <laughs> that just sounded fucking terrifying, to be honest. <laughs> Is everything okay, Mitchell? <laughs> I would not be the voice of, no, of no, the no. Siri or the Alexa. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. But. No, no, I, I agree. And I think it's also what you said before, right? With like the, um, you know, Amica over time, if there's like a self-improvement protocol, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as your AI, like if you have a personal one, gets to know you and your mannerisms and over all, all of this compiled over the course of, let's say, five, ten years, right? Then mm-hmm. at a certain point, it's not referring back to that empathy script or that empathy code. It knows you. Right. And, and then at that point, it's just interacting with you. It's not learning about you to, you know, it's developed a relationship, right? So that's like, I think that's an interesting point where like, down the line, I would not be surprised if there's like uh, AI psychology course in colleges. Mm. And you know what I mean? Like, like this. Yeah. Like all those are still around. <laughs> if colleges are, we don't just plug in like the matrix and say, I know Kung Fu, you know, <laughs> but you yeah. know, it, it, it begs the question of like how much of what we do and say is is just learned the same way, yeah. same way an AI would learn it or, yeah. or even, I guess, use the word programmed. Right. Yeah. That where the where brain is an organic computer. Down, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. If I if I see somebody who's down, I'm I'm gonna ask be, in a way that I've learned from other people that yes. says, "Hey, how are you doing today? Like, is everything okay? Yeah. Like, you sound down." But that's also based on your personality. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, some people aren't empathetic. Some people don't give a shit if you're down. You know, mm. so it depends on you know this 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 what is the personality that we're gonna prescribe to these AI, and is it gonna be a blanket across the board? Is there gonna be Kind of open format AI where yeah, could I could I boost my my empathy score on my uh, yeah, on my robot <laughs> exactly the custom ordered AI <laughs> uh, is there going to be a baseline like hey you can't just get like an open source AI and train it to be a fucking evil piece of shit like yeah. you know what I mean so you know I think yeah it's interesting and uh, I mean obviously we can riff on this forever so I want to uh, direct the conversation over here to um, I'm gonna put it up behind us. Um, the powerful AI technique that led to clashes at Google and fierce debate in tech. And here's why that's the title of the article. And obviously, as always, we will link all of these materials in the uh, comments or the, you know, the description. Uh, and to kind of summarize, uh, in, in 2000, uh, the 2005, uh, Bunsfield oil factory explosion in England, um, mm. w- the AI that reacted to those images, uh, elicited a, uh, excited response and this was yeah. a ridiculous, uh, you know, finding for Margaret Mitchell. Um, and down here are the images. Um, so the AI sees the first image, the second image, and responds, this is such a great view. And then the third image, which says, you know, it actually has text in there showing the explosion, saying first blast shortly after 6, uh, 6 a.m. The computer then says, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. now yeah that is interesting on many levels and this is a definitely a, a pretty you know intense article there's a lot of detail in here now one thing i want to point out is in the f- middle picture when it says this is a great view it's possible that the ai just couldn't tell that this was a fire now if you just look at the sky i mean it is a very dramatic sky you know yeah objectively now, not knowing this- this comes back to that context thing, right? Because seeing just the image, I would wager 
a lot of humans would also say, oh, you know, I would, I'd put together those colors in the sky and say, okay, oh, yeah. in my head, that, that looks nice. Because bla- the, the, the middle picture, 100%, I agree. Like, not knowing that this is a fire, to like, oh, wow, that's a very dramatic sky mm-hmm. right there. Wow, that looks kind of mm-hmm. pretty, you mm-hmm. know? And then also, but, again, without context, like, the, the AI, I, I'm not sure how this one was trained in particular, yeah. but if you see that it is a good view in the sense that you can see a lot you're not obstructed by things right yep. so it's like that nuance in the way the words are used yep. because if you're behind a building or behind a car or a yep. sign that would not be a great view right yeah. but it's putting together the context I, I believe of oh we can see the whole sky it's this set of colors yep um and i associate that with like a good sunset or a good sunrise yeah. or whatever it is yeah and like this and i can see a lot of it so this is a great yep. view is, is like what it's been out Yep. Um, but I would not want this AI to be like informing, I don't know, the police department or something or like, you yep. know, um, yeah, so it's definitely, again, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, <clears throat> and, and again, like this AI system doesn't have a system of moral or ethics or, uh, a personality per se. Right. Um, it's taking in data. Like you said, it's like, oh, I can connect the pattern of this sky to other patterns of the sky that, you know, are beautiful, right? Or look nice. And so I think the really disturbing part, though, was when there's the image of the screen and it can analyze the text saying first blast shortly after 6 a.m. and the computer says, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like That's when you're like, okay, <laughs> hold on a second. So, right. you know, the conversation that was started around this, and again, there's a lot of detail here in this article. It's a very interesting article um, if you guys want to, you know, dig into it on your own time. But um, this is this is one thing here that I, I want to address is one of the harms of these um, large language models um, that are that are kind of powerful and, and um, you know, popular in the AI world right now is uh, researchers asked OpenAI, which is Microsoft's unit, GPT-3, to complete a sentence containing the word, word Muslims. It turned to violent language more than 60% of the time, introducing words like bomb, murder, assault, and terrorism. And that is not good. That is mm-hmm. really, 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 really not good. So the article goes on to say that left unchallenged, these models, these AI models are effectively a mirror of the internet, the good, the bad, the mundane, the disturbing. And there's a potential to spread uh, stereotypes, hate speech, mi- hate speech, misinformation, toxic narrative, and, you know, that's where, you know, the people that are running these AI really need to come in and start to set, like we said, these protocols around truthfully kind of creating an ethics system, I think, for these 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 consciousnesses as they evolve. Right. This is the same issue or really conversation around when you build um, the metaverse or you yes. build the algorithms for um self-driving cars or yep. whatever whatever it is when you're building an ai system or or a, a metaverse system right you're, you're building it from the ground up learning off of material that's already out there so it's prone to um continuing on stereotypes and patterns good yep. or bad and so this is like i'm you know we're fighting the good fight here Aaron. yeah like <laughs> these are conversations that like, you, you have yeah, to man. talk about it because yeah. if this if the same group of people builds, you know, this AI and then the other algorithms and platforms, yep. right. The world continues on the negatives of the world continue on in the same way that yep. they exist today, just in digital form. Yep. Um, 
film. It's really, uh, it's really, it's really it's the conversation that, uh, you know, I'm glad we're having it. And I think, uh, yeah. More people should yeah, I think that it's definitely something people need to think about because, you know, like you mentioned, right? Like Google's AI system, uh, in the case of Gmail, the autocomplete, it's a scale mm-hmm. uh, the, sc- the scale is nearly 2 billion internet users. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, these things are already a part of our life, whether we want to, you know, really, um, accept and have these conversations about where they're going and what's important. And, you know, the the thing too, is that, you know, they are difficult to understand, right? Like, you know, skimming these articles is much harder than skimming an article about an NFT, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, reading these articles and internalizing this information is much more of a, a thought process than, uh, you know, reading an article about, um, you know, Microsoft's acquisition of Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is heady stuff. I mean, this is cutting edge tech. This is, you know, the power that these people have going forward is no joke. Um, the engineers working on these projects, the companies spearheading and funding these projects, it's very serious stuff. So, you know, I think, yeah, yeah go ahead. And I, I was just going to say that, and I, not that those other things like the acquisition of Blizzard or yeah. NFTs, not to say that that doesn't affect people's lives. No, not at all. Not some at all. People's lives, but, yeah. but this kind of thing, this is going to affect what videos you see, yes. what content comes up on your phone, what yes. you interact with, like yep. how enraged you are about things. It's going to influence <laughs> yeah. like how, what your yep. views are and how you interact with the world. Yep. And it like might be picking your, might be picking your toaster. It might be picking your, it right? might be picking your wardrobe one day. It's a lot closer to home, I guess <laughs> is what I'm trying to. <laughs> no, to no. And you're here. absolutely right. And that, yeah, just to clarify too, I'm not negating, uh, you know, uh, the complexities of uh, this massive acquisition, you know, Microsoft and Blizzard, to, to your point, Mitchell, it's more so that these are, you know, this is a lot of math and, and uh, you know, uh, computer science. And a lot of people, they go and read an article like this and they're like, I don't care about all this crazy shit. Just give me the give yeah. me the cliff notes, you know? That's mostly and, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I go ahead and I read this whole thing because, you know, I, I find it really freaking interesting. Um, yeah. But that's OK, right? Like. At the end of the day, if we can have these articles where you can skim and get a, a general understanding of what's happening and keep your finger on the pulse, that's enough for people, for us and, you know, hopefully people to have this conversation with each other. Because, you know, I think in in my final thought to wrap up here is we do need to put some, uh, you know, uh, focus on ethics and understanding because, you know, the Internet, as said in this article, there's some disturbing shit on there. And the computer doesn't, the, the brain, the AI brain doesn't understand that, you know, uh, the hate speech and misinformation and toxic narrative, et cetera, et cetera, is quote unquote, uh, you know, uh, a bad thing to make it simple, right? It's just connecting patterns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that 60%, you know, in, in the, in the uh, scenario containing the word Muslim, why is it 60%? You know, where is it analyzing these things and, and you know, what can we do to expand its understanding, you know, so that, like you said, right, instead of just cheese and then pizza and then the photographer, right? Like we've gone through that kind of progression of association, mm-hmm. allowing the AI to, you know, understand this is, you know, hate speech. This is racism. This is stereotyping. This is toxic behavior. And then, you know, pitting or or zooming out and understanding the entirety of the Muslim culture, right? And understanding that's just, you know, a portion of the outlook of certain people on the internet, Mm -hmm. not a pattern of truth or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 just the coverage of of United States media. Yeah, exactly. Of that, right? And 
it's unfortunate that you know like if you're an algorithm and you're trying to associate a certain word with yeah right with maybe let's say terrorism right because yep. of the amount of content that's out there it's yep. there there's no con there's not a lot of content about you know i'm vietnamese not a lot of content about vietnamese people and terrorism together right, right? like so it's just not going to associate those patterns right and therefore <clears throat> won't be trained and yeah and, and then vietnamese people are in the clear but unfortunately <laughs> um yeah um yeah muslim people are not yeah and so you know that's something i think that you know it needs to be thought about and obviously it is um you know how do we how do we smarten these things up in a way that they can still learn and grow and and you know understand these things and associate patterns but you know how can they filter the information better and come yeah. to better conclusions like 60 percent right. using that word in a sentence with those other words that should not be the 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 you know the margin there that's like no. <laughs> over the top like that's not right. cool that's not right. good <laughs> and, and i, I realized i said like, i was talking about muslims as a as an ethnicity but but um say christianity rather yeah it's uh yeah um we're talking religion here not ethnicity but yeah um right so yeah and the, and you know i think it, it also it's like like you said earlier in the conversation i think this is this will be this will be my last thought here is how, how different is it to human beings. I mean, you know, mm. if you're brought up in a household that tells you, you know, that shapes your worldview one way and then mm -hmm. you get out in the world and realize it's another or you have a change in a worldview, I think that's kind of what, you know, I'm, I'm getting at here. I think that's maybe a more concise way of, of saying what I'm trying to say is we have mm. to teach AI to understand worldview, right? Mm -hmm. So to analyze all of these different patterns, put it all in context, right? And so I think we're probably a ways off from that, but not too far. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we should go ahead and keep it open. Now. I think we're going to keep it open and I'm sure we will be back on this uh, topic at like most of our topics as they continue to progress because man, stuff really is moving quick these days. Yeah, it is. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it guys. See you on the next one.